Hey, hey, everybody, it's Nairby from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby on Bad Dates Everywhere. Speaking of which, it's time for another phenomenal, the most, definitely the most educational episode of Degrassi Buddy Yet. It's episode 19, in which we are going to be discussing, recapping a new season, the final season of Degrassi High, as Degrassi Buddy's coming to an unfortunate end because they decided to end it on season two for crying out loud. Oh, I'm telling you, why couldn't they continue, especially after this first two episodes of this season? <sighs> Degrassi High season two, episodes one, two, and three. <sighs> Before we continue, you can find Degrassi Buddy on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and of course on uh, SoundCloud. And SerialAndGrapeJuice.com, tell people about it. Coming to an end with Degrassi Buddy anyway, but we are going to continue with Bayside Buddy later. Let's continue with this. Let's get on. Let's let's just get on with it, man. By the way, you might notice a awesome change in the sound quality. I've got a different setup going on here, and I love it. So try to like keep your hands above your waists while you're listening to this. <laughs> and we're gonna start with season one of Degrassi High, episode one, entitled "Bad Blood Part One." Air date November fifth, nineteen ninety. Now, as I said last week, or whenever I said it. Degrassi High Season 2 is my favorite season in all of the Degrassi universe, so here we go. We start with Joey. He's at a car lot. He's ogling this, uh, this I think, pretty cool-looking white, sporty-looking car. And it's got a uh, sticker, if you will, painted on it for the cost of $2,999. The salesman asks Joey if he'd like to take it for a test drive as Joey is just ogling it. Joey says that he needs to get to school. Salesman then says he can give Joey some information to take with him, and he takes the keys back as Joey fawns over the car, saying that he's got to have it. And that's when we get the intro. And I noticed in this intro this time around, they added sound effects to it. And I never noticed it in previous episodes. There was a there was the sound effect of the door slamming. Like in the intro, the part where Dwayne grabs Joey and takes him into the classroom and slams the door. There was a sound effect for the door slamming. There was a sound effect for Clutch running into a bunch of bikes with his car. there was, And there was a sound effect for Tabby spraying hairspray into Melanie's eyes. So, never noticed that before, n- n- watching them now or back in the day. After the intro, it's the beginning of a new school year. Joey meets up with the rest of the zits, and he shows them a picture of the car, and imagines chicks going crazy for him. Snake brings up that the car is $3,000, and Joey says that he can make a deal, as he worked all summer and saved I can make a deal. I've been working all summer. I got savings. Three thousand? No. Two thousand? No. A thousand? I got about seventy-five bucks. You're telling me you worked all summer and you only saved seventy-five dollars? I had expenses. Yeah, movies, video games, junk food. So? So? The point is you don't have money to buy the car. Guys, I'll find a way, all right? I need this car. Something's got to help me get through special ed. That's right, 75 bucks. (laughs) And yes, this is the year that Joey starts special ed. We go to school. BLT is arriving arm-in-arm with a girl who isn't Michelle. He tells the girl that they need to stop walking together before they get too close to the school and people see. The girl asks BLT if he'll talk to Michelle this morning, and he says maybe. As she's very sensitive, Michelle being sensitive, that is. The girl tells BLT that she wants to be with him, and he says the same. They kiss, and they depart. Dwayne leaves Radich's office, who tells Dwayne the new rules for the year, where Dwayne has to sign in every morning and basically behave himself or he's out because he's on probation, and no other school will want him. Dwayne tells Radich not to worry and that he's a changed man. Dwayne leaves, and he bumps into Nick and Tabby, tells them that his dad threatened to throw him out if he doesn't get his act together. He then says that he wants to get to his locker to put up a picture of Penny. Tabby and Nick are confused as to who Penny is, and they snag the picture from Dwayne's hand. And it's a, it's a picture of a girl. It, this picture looks like it, it, it... You know if you go to Walmart and you're looking to buy a picture frame and it'll have a, a sample picture in the frame... It looked like a, something like that. Like he got out, he went to, went, well, it wouldn't be Walmart back in the day. I don't think, there, I don't ever remember Walmarts in Canada back in this time. So he probably went to like a Towers or a Zeller's 
and bought a picture frame and there was a picture of this penny girl and yeah that's what it looked like but he says it was uh, this actual girl <sighs> Nick and Tabby still don't believe Dwayne is really going out with the girl in this picture but he assures them that not only is he going out with her he's going to bed with her later on Michelle flags down BLT gives him a kiss and she fawns all over him exclaiming that she missed him BLT subtly removes her hands off of him <laughs> And tells her mockingly not to cry. Michelle expresses that she's so happy to see him. And BLT starts to tell Michelle something. But quickly changes his mind and asks her how her trip in the summertime was. Michelle says that it was boring. And she thought about BLT the entire time. Oh god. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lucy's recording more video for LD in their grade 11, grade 11 homeroom. A geography class. Alexa... Michelle, who is clinging to BLT, and Dumb Simon arrive in class, and Lucy tells them to say hi to LD, which Dumb Simon replies, Hi, LD. Where is she? <laughs> but in his defense, I would have thought that she was there too, but still, it's Dumb Simon. Everything he says and does is dumb. <laughs> but don't worry, someone's going to take over his spot for a little while in this episode of Degrassi, buddy. <laughs> Lucy announces that LD's father sold their house and their garage, and now they're sailing the seas because life is too short. She tells them uh, that LD has went into remission and that her hair is growing back. Erica then arrives and announces to the, that the school has put condoms in all of the school bathrooms in the cities, including the girls. Dumb Simon asks, why in the girls? <laughs> well, to be fair, back in the day, I mean, I was only... I was about to turn 15 when this episode... I was a month away or so from turning 15 when this episode air, aired. I pretty much would have figured, yeah, yeah I'd be, the, be, the, be the, the dude who buys it. But uh, I guess they were progress back in the day. Anywhere elsewhere, Joey arrives for his special ed class where he finds Dwayne, Tabby, and Nick. And they get excited when they see him. Dwayne tells Joey that they're going to have lots of fun this year. Joey tries to make a truce with Dwayne, but Dwayne reminds him about the jokes that Joey made about 8D and the ape imitation. And when Joey started a fight and Dwayne got suspended for it, Joey apologizes and wants to get along since they're in the same class. Nick and Tabby don't want to, but Dwayne says that, that the, he says Cockroach has a point. They shake hands, and then Dwayne trips Joey and laughs at him and says that there's one born every minute. Class begins and the two teachers of special ed introduce themselves. One of them says that she thinks it's going to be a very interesting year. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> oh, I love the foreshadowing. Anyway, they hand out timetables and Dwayne looks over at Joey, blows him a kiss and laughs at him again. Later on, classes end and we hear Radich on the PA announcing a faculty meeting for all staff the next day during lunch. Meanwhile, Michelle wants to go out for pizza with Alexa, BLT, and Dumb Simon. But BLT says that they can't go as first football tryouts are that night, which surprises Alexa and Michelle. And, uh, which, which, it makes sense to me. I would have been surprised until one year, my, my grade uh, 10 year, I was asked by the football coach of the school to try out for the football team because I was a big kid. And he wanted me to try out for the team. So I, I said, okay, I hated football back then. Now I love football. So on the first day of school, they announced the uh, sign-ups for the football team after school. So school ended. I went to the room to sign up. And uh, the coaches were there. And they mentioned that uh, all the players were going to be getting physicals. And I immediately imagined getting my nuts squeezed and coughing. And I never went back. <laughs> uh, that's what I, I, I just envisioned that, that's, that yeah, they're going to pull my pants down and squeeze my nuts and I'm going to have to turn my head and cough. No, thank you. Bye. <sighs> so I wasn't on the team, which is fine. I didn't even know the rules of football back then. I would have been sucky. Anyway, Michelle kisses BLT on the cheek and asks him if he'll call her that night. And he awkwardly replies, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Later, Lucy is filming in the girls' washroom and demonstrating how the condom machines work. She inserts a quarter. And she gets one. She says that the machines are going to go over really big at Degrassi. And that's when we immediately cut to a boys' washroom where Dwayne and Nick are in the act of breaking into one of the condom machines, or the condom machines in that washroom. They successfully unlock the door, and a bunch of condoms spill out. 
They fill one with water and they decide to drop it on somebody. We cut to Joey fantasizing about the car as he looks at the flyer and the zits are asking him how he's going to pay for it when Dwayne and his crew spot them. And Tabby is now running around with a box of dips granola bars, which became part of her character in this season. And she's clearly flashing the front of the box right at the camera. So obviously product placement, sponsorship placement. <laughs> but I, I dug the, uh, the uh, I mean, except, when, except for when she was a bitch, I dug the uh, Tabby character. I, I, think, I thought it was cool. You know, it was unique seeing her run around with a box of granola bars. And before this, we saw her running or walking around with a jar of peanut butter. It was great. Anyway, the zits stop at the bottom of the big ramp at Degrassi High as Joey continues to fawn over the flyer when Dwayne drops the water balloon condom on them, ripping the flyer out of Joey's hands and soaking it. They all look up and they see that it was Dwayne and his crew. Joey then bends down to pick up the flyer out of the water. He gets pissed, calls Dwayne a jerk, and he walks off. Later that day, Joey is still determined to buy the $3,000 vehicle. And even Wheels and Snake agree that it's a nice car as Snake marvels that the car even has a tape deck. <laughs> oh, holy dating this show, Batman. Bloody hell, a tape deck. <laughs> uh, but they still don't believe Joey's going to be able to afford the car. It's when the salesman shows up and does the classic used car salesman sleazy car salesman stuff. He tells Joey that somebody else was up uh, was there that morning. And they seemed interested in the vehicle, and they'd come to a decision later that afternoon, uh, or the following day, but, uh, but the dude didn't put any money down for it. Joey then says, asks if he can put some money down so the, the other uh, interested, supposedly interested party can, uh, can't touch it. And the salesman asks Joey how much. Joey says, how about 75 bucks? Salesman says that he would need at least three, four hundred dollars. Joey is still confident that he's going to be able to buy the car, and he says he'll he can do it. And he says he can borrow the money from his parents. The dealer looks at Joey for a second. He accepts Joey's deal, and they shake on it. The next day, Michelle flags down BLT, and she asks him why he didn't call her last night. BLT says he got home late, and he tries to walk away. <laughs> But Michelle grabs his arm and she wants to know what's going on. She asks him if, he's, if she's done something wrong. BLT says no. Michelle then tells BLT that she senses something. But then she laughs and blames her own insecurities. Oh my god. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joey tells the Zits that his parents cannot loan him the money for the car. Wheels asks Joey if he can borrow from someone else. And Joey smiles at Snake who quickly says that he's broke. Wheels suggests that Joey sells something, but Joey says he doesn't have anything to sell. Then Snake suggests a stunt or a dare, which intrigues Joey. Snake says that when his brother was in high school, a guy walked through the cafeteria naked and made a lot of money from the kids who bet that he wouldn't do it. Snake says that the guy didn't get caught because he did it during a staff meeting. When suddenly announcement comes over, comes an announcement comes on over the PA. Reminding faculty of that day's meeting during lunch. Joey sees this as a sign. He gets excited. And then he and the Zits go around and start taking bets. Meanwhile, Dwayne arrives at his locker where Nick and Tabby are there. Tabby's there with her box of dips. An announcement comes over the PA asking for information on the vandalized condom machine. And Nick and Dwayne high-five each other. They see the picture of Penny in Dwayne's locker. And they still insist that it's fake, but Dwayne brushes them off. He then asks them what they're going to do to Joey today. And that made me wonder if, you know, does, do bullies really plan ahead like that? Or is that just for the sake of the script? I'm guessing it's just for the sake of the script. I can't imagine bullies being like, all right, so let's talk about what we're going to do to Nairby today. <laughs> Come on, man. Later, the Zits run up to Lucy and the twins and they tell them about Joey's stunt. They ask the girls if they want to make a bet that he'll do it to not get caught. And they do, on the condition that Joey will actually be totally naked, wearing only a hat, and it'll be just a, just a, just a slow walk, not a run. He assures them that, the, yeah, don't worry, don't worry, you'll get to see my bum. They all agree and they bet $5. We then see the Zits asking others to make bets, including Alexa and dumb Simon, who ask why he would want to see Joey naked, which is the first sensible thing the character has ever said, perhaps. <laughs> 
They also ask Alex who agrees. They ask Clutch who says no. And they ask Luke who agrees. Joey arrives at Special Ed and Dwayne trips him again. Joey asks Dwayne if he's going to keep it up all year and Dwayne implies that he's going to. Classes then begin as the teachers hand out sexual awareness kits to the students. The teacher tells the class that a speaker will be coming to talk to the class about AIDS. Dwayne raises his hand and he tells the teacher that he's really tired about hearing about AIDS all the time. He and Nick then joke that AIDS is just a gay people disease. Nick says that the media has been overdoing it with all the info. Luke says that he doesn't know anyone who has AIDS, thus how is he supposed to catch it? Trish, who people might remember as the Spike Mohawk girl, at least in Degrassi High, in the Degrassi Junior High, she had uh, normal people hair. <laughs> she asks if anybody in the class knows anyone who's got AIDS, and Joanne says that a friend of her mom's has it, which Luke jokes that the friend is, quote, probably a homo. Pushing the envelope, this show did. You can't get away with that stuff today. Uh, maybe in Canada you can, but in America you probably can't. But unless it's being educated, if, you're, if the show's trying to educate people, you can probably get away with it, I would guess. Uh, but that's pretty much the way people thought of AIDS back in the day. That the only gay males got it. But anyway, Joanne says that the friend got AIDS from a needle. Dwayne chimes in and says that AIDS is scary for gay people and druggies and hemophiliacs, but not for them. And the teacher's not happy with the fooling around and says that she hopes attitudes in class will change after the guest speakers come. Classes end and Dwayne and Nick take the sexual education booklets that they were given and stuff them into the bag of a student. Dwayne says that his dad says has Dwayne says that his dad has said that gay people deserve AIDS if they're gonna have gay sex. As he and Nick again joke that AIDS is just a gay people disease. Tabby suddenly shows up and tells Dwayne and Nick that she heard about Joey's naked cafeteria walk stunt. Nick is certain that Joey's going to get caught, but Dwayne reminds them of the staff meeting at lunch. Nick then suggests going there and throwing food at Joey, but Dwayne has a different idea. He tells Nick and Tabby that walking naked near food is unhygienic and probably against school policy. Tabby quickly understands what uh, Dwayne is talking about, but dumb Nick doesn't understand as he's, as he's repeating unhygienic. Unhygienic. Unhygienic? <laughs> anyway, Dwayne tells, then tells Tabby and Nick to uh, come with him as they head off. We then cut to the cafeteria where students are there waiting for Joey. Joey and the Zits are in the washroom getting ready as Joey is really nervous. Snaking his Snake is counting all the money that they've collected, which adds up to $314. All old Canadian $1 bills. Uh, I miss those $1 bills. <sighs> yep. Our, our bills aren't even paper anymore. They're, they're plastic now. All of our paper money up here. We see posters on the walls in the washroom about whether they whether you can get AIDS from kissing or whether from a or from a toilet seat. So more more foreshadowing. Love it. Wheels gives Joey a trench coat that he found at the Lost and Found and tells them that the cafeteria is packed. The students in the cafeteria start chanting Joey's name as he's stripping down in a shitter. They then start to leave the washroom and look around to make sure there are no teachers. The Zits arrive at the cafeteria doors where Joey looks in and he sees the crowd and he gets nervous. Snake enters the cafeteria holding up a bag and announces that it's Joey's clothes. And the crowd cheers louder for Joey. Joey gets even more nervous as Wheels then tells him that he doesn't have to do it. Joey tells Wheels that he needs to do it or he'll lose the car and he'll owe everybody money. Meanwhile, Dwayne and his crew show up at the faculty meeting. They knock on the door. The teacher answers, and Dwayne asks to speak to Radich, as it's very important. We cut back to the cafeteria, where all the students are still loudly chanting Joey's name. Wheels takes Joey's trench coat, and he enters the cafeteria, announcing that it's Joey's coat. And the crowd cheers even louder. And as they're cheering even louder, Dwayne and his crew show up in the cafeteria, and they take a spot up on a table to watch. Joey out in the hallway puts on his hat, or he didn't put on his hat. Well, he put his hat on, but somewhere else. He put his hat over his crotch. He opens the cafeteria doors and he enters. And that's when the crowd quickly grows silent. And then they erupt into cheers as Joey begins to slowly walk to the end of the cafeteria. And we see even Dwayne and his crew are applauding Joey's bravery. Joey continues walking. We see a shot of his butt when suddenly Raditz shows up from behind. 
and upon seeing Raditz, the students quickly stop cheering and they scatter. Joey turns around, sees Raditz, and he tries to find somewhere to run, but Raditz calls for him. So thus Joey's busted. Wheels quickly covers Joey with the trench coat, as Joey then heads off with Raditz, and we see Dwayne and his crew laughing. Later on, Snake and Wheels are trying to give payouts to everybody who made bets and won the bets. Dwayne and Wheels are surrounded by kids demanding money. They're being absolutely just out of line. Just get in line and come on. Dwayne and his crew walk past and they gloat to each other about getting Joey caught. Snake and Wheels see this and they realize that it was them who ratted Joey out. Later on, Dwayne arrives home from school and his father informs him that a girl called for him. Hello? Penny? Yes? Hi, it's me, Dwayne. I was gonna call you, Dwayne, but... my God, it's so horrible. What's wrong? I am so scared. I don't know what I'm gonna do. What's, what's wrong? I don't know why this is happening. I'm not a bad person, Dwayne. Will you calm down and just tell me what's up? Hello? Yeah. Well, a few weeks ago, he applied to the forces. There was a medical. They took some blood. He tested HIV positive. HIV? What do you mean? Don't you know? It's AIDS. I went to the doctor and I'm positive too. You have to get tested. I don't know how it happened. Neither does Bob. I'm not. A bad person, Dwayne. Oh, God. I'm so scared. I tell you, I remember watching this on its original air date and how just powerful it was seeing Dwayne go from cloud nine to a, just a quick downward spiral in a few seconds. And I even, I, I recorded it on VHS back then and I kept, I kept rewinding it and watching just that phone call scene over and over. Because the wrestling fan in me saw this as like being the babyface turn for Dwayne, going from a bad guy to a good guy. And I even kept watching this episode over and over that week, anticipating the second part, as at this time they no longer aired two parters on the same night. Ah, loved it. And after this scene, before the credits, we have uh, Stacy Mistison and Pat Mastriani, who play Caitlin and Joey, doing a PSA about getting educated on AIDS. And then we get the credits. And that was Degrassi High Season 2, Episode 1, Bad Blood Part 1. Love this season. And uh, I love the, uh, the wrestling fan in me. Love it. And then we go on to Degrassi High episode, Season 2, Episode 2, entitled, obviously, Bad Blood Part 2, air date November 12th, 1990. We start with a recap of Part 1. And then we go to Dwayne, who is at a clinic getting his blood tested, or getting blood drawn from him, and he looks nervous. And he tells the doctor that he doesn't want his parents to know about anything. Dwayne then asks the doctor if he thinks he's got AIDS, and the doctor says that he doesn't know. But Dwayne is in a high risk is in a high risk category because his girlfriend tested positive, and they didn't use protection. Dwayne then says that there was no need for a condom because Penny was on the pill. <laughs> Come the hell on, dude! Oh my God! But in his defense, I have actually heard. Young people back in the day and these days actually think like this. Ah, come on, man. Anyway, Dwayne tells the doctor that he didn't have a condom as the sex wasn't planned and it just happened. The doctor finishes drawing blood and tells Dwayne that the results will be ready in two weeks as Dwayne looks off into the distance and we get the intro. And it was really something just seeing Dwayne... The Dwayne character just suddenly seems so like vulnerable and scared. Just wow. Anyway, I remember being glued to this episode on its original air date because, as I said, I had just waited for it all week and I just kept watching the part one over and over. Just the previous week leading up to this because I I I, I want I had to know. Damn. Uh, anyway, after the intro, the students are arriving at school as Cindy is still pushing BLT to break up with Michelle. BLT insists that, you know, he he can't until he's ready because he doesn't want to hurt Michelle. Cindy tells BLT... Yeah, by the way, the new girl's name is Cindy. 
Uh, she tells BLT that it won't matter how he tells Michelle. She's going to be hurt either way. BLT insists doing it his own way. They kiss and they part ways. And they did this on school grounds with a ton of students around. I mean, how did nobody who knows BLT and Michelle are going out not see this? But, yeah, uh, suspension of disbelief, I guess. Anyway, meanwhile, Joey is now trying to pay Amy the money that he owes and asks if he can give her some now and some later. Dwayne then arrives, no longer wearing his Degrassi Letterman's jacket. He's just wearing a t-shirt and jeans, and he walks past Joey, and Dwayne is just in a daze. Joey calls out Dwayne and tells him that he knows that it was him who ratted him out, and he wants Dwayne to give him the money that he lost. Dwayne tells Joey that he doesn't owe him anything. Joey then tells Dwayne that he wouldn't have lost the bet if Dwayne hadn't snitched. Dwayne tells Joey to leave him alone, and again, I was glued to this episode as once again, the wrestling fan in me knew that something interesting was going to happen because between these two, uh, this, this is like Hogan and Andre. <laughs> anyway, Alex then shows up and he asks Joey for his money and Joey says that he needs more time as Alex replies that it's been two weeks. So we've already fast forwarded two weeks uh, since the opening, since Dwayne got his blood drawn and so the results should be uh, ready pretty soon. Later, Lucy is still filming for LD, and she's talking about the condom machines. She talks to various people about it, including Clutch, who gave us this insight. Condoms. There's no way I use condoms. I mean, suppose you're getting all hot and heavy with this chick, right? It's not like I'm going to stop and say, excuse me while I slip into some latex. There's no way. Great, thanks. Cut. <laughs> Bloody hell. And I love the look that Lucy gives to the camera real quick when Clutch talks about ta getting hot and heavy with a chick. <laughs> anyway, Lucy then interviews Spike, who's playing with Emma, who's now about two years old. Spike says that some kids are going to have sex whether their parents like it or not, so it's important to protect against pregnancy and disease. We cut to the zits sitting in the lounge area of the school as Wheels is looking through the sex ed ed education booklet. Wheels asks Joey if he's heard the speakers yet, and Joey says no, and he acts all disinterested, but Wheels tells him that, tells Joey that he'll be surprised, and it is very interesting. Kathleen and Melanie show up, and Kathleen asks Joey when she's going to get her money, and Joey tells her that he needs time. And Kathleen and Melanie leave, and unfortunately, Melanie did not get any lines. <sighs> they're, just, they're just writing her off. Come on, man. She's like one of the best characters in the Grassy Universe history. Anyway, Joey says that even though some kids let him off because he tried, he still owes a lot of money. And now he doesn't know if he's going to get the, be able to get the car. Snake then says, well, at least it's still there. Yeah, yeah, no shit. So, you know, whatever, used car salesman. That's when Dwayne and his crew walk by with Dwayne walking behind Tabby and Nick with his head down as Joey says he's going to get revenge somehow. Wheels suggest gluing Dwayne's locker, but... I, I, which I've never heard of gluing someone's locker I guess putting glue on their lock maybe I don't know I've never heard of that Wheels suggest that you gluing Dwayne's locker but Joey says that's not enough and Dwayne's gonna pay oh man Dwayne's gonna pay oh he's gonna pay classes begin as the sex ed speakers are, tr are talking to the special ed class as Dwayne looks on the, sex the, the guest speakers I'm talking about they're talking and to the special ed class as Dwayne is looking on intently and Nick is sitting beside him yawning. One of the speakers talks about going for radiation treatment and the doctors wore gloves up to their biceps as they didn't want to talk to him or touch him. Uh, they ask if the students have any questions. One student asks if you can get AIDS by giving blood and one of the speakers says, that says no as it's a sterilized needle and they're taking blood from you, not giving blood like you would do with a transfusion or accepting blood yeah transfusion giving yay accepting yay hip hip raw tabby then tabby then asks what's the hardest thing to deal with when you have hrv hiv or aids as Dwayne looks at her obviously wondering yeah what's what am i gonna what's you know if i have the aids like what what does what might happen and then he quickly looks back at the speakers for the answer. And one speaker says that you become alienated as you find out pretty fast who your real friends are and you lose most other friends. The other speaker says that some people think they're going to get AIDS just by being near someone with it. And you also got a lot, go to a lot of funerals. 
Dwayne then raises his hand, which slightly surprises Nick. And Dwayne asks, how do you deal with the fact that you're going to die? Which gets some laughter from the class as the speakers reiterate that there are no stupid questions. And one of the speakers says that he doesn't think about it as a death sentence. Or he doesn't think about death and dying as he concentrates on today. And the other speaker says that he doesn't see AIDS as a death sentence. More like a chronic illness that you'll have to deal with for the rest of your life as Dwayne looks on in quiet fear. And I'm pretty sure that these two speakers actually did slash do have uh, AIDS slash HIV. As that's the kind of things that this show would do. So more questions are asked as Dwayne just sits there motionless. Emo or emotionless. And motionless, but emotionless. After class, Luke tells Joanne in the stairwell that he thought the speakers would be sick looking. And Joanne tells him that you can't tell someone has AIDS just by looking at them as Dwayne and his crew are walking behind. Dwayne and Nick enter the boys' washroom as Nick begins to make fun of Dwayne for taking a sudden interest in AIDS. He jokes that Dwayne is gay as Dwayne says that you don't have to be gay to get AIDS. And Nick jokes that you do. Nick continues to chuckle as Dwayne then pretends to joke around with him. And then he punches him or pushes him into the wall. And then into the condom machine on the wall, Nick calls Dwayne crazy and runs out. Dwayne then looks at the condom machine and he just loses it. And he starts kicking it and he yanks it off the wall onto the ground and he just kicks the hell out of it. When Wheels suddenly shows up and sees Dwayne kicking the condom machine and then Wheels runs out and he runs to Joey and Snake and he tells them what he saw. And upon hearing this, Joey is excited that he now has something on Dwayne. And now he could perhaps blackmail him into paying in the money that he lost. Or he can use the info to get Dwayne suspended for vandalizing school property as Dwayne is on probation after all. And the Zits are now excited about getting the car as if they're all going to get the car. Even though only one of them might. The next day, BLT is waiting for Michelle to arrive for school. When she does, he takes her into an empty auditorium. Michelle, we've been going off for a year and a half. So, as long as we love each other. A year and a half is a long time. I know. I don't know how I would have gotten through last year without you. Right. It's just... Michelle... I need some breathing room. You want to break up? Well... Why? What's changed? What have I done? I don't want to break up. I think we should just cool it for a bit. But I still want us to stay friends because we still like each other. Right? Michelle, please don't cry. <laughs> I can't help it. Look, I just need some space and some time to think. somebody else? No. Oh man, is there somebody else? Oh no. <laughs> Dude, I mean I, I get them that the Michelle character is pretty high maintenance, but no, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, it's it, it's pretty hard to uh, tell uh, high maintenance people anything honest. <laughs> anyway, later on, Dwayne goes to his locker and he starts to read an AIDS pamphlet. We then cut to the clinic for the test results, and this was the moment that I had been that I was waiting for for an entire week. I have bad news for you. Your HIV test is positive. This is going to mean a lot of changes in your life. Look, I know this is very difficult for you to hear, but as we discussed last time, it does not mean you have AIDS. It shows only past exposure to HIV. It does not necessarily mean current infection, but the virus is in your blood. I'm afraid that you'll be facing some pretty hard realities. 
You mustn't father children. As infection is very, very serious for you, you must do everything in your power to stay healthy. I'll tell you, going into this episode back when it originally aired, I honestly thought that the Dwayne character was going to test negative because I thought it would be too hardcore for the show. And then when it was official that he had it, the wrestling fan in me just grew even more intrigued by what was going to happen with Dwayne and Joey now. I loved it. And I still love it now, even though I know everything that happens in the future. And just the look on Dwayne's face when he gets the news. Just uh, well done. Just love this season. And uh, Pat Mastriani and, and the dude who plays Dwayne, they're still like good friends to this day. They hang out. Uh, uh, Mastriani, Joey, posted a picture of the two of them hanging out recently on the, his Instagram. So, yeah, just having a beer. Anyway, we cut back to school where Lucy is interviewing Radich, and he's not happy with the latest condom machine van- vandalization. He says that the condom machines are there for the kids, and who's going to pay for this now? We then go to the library, and Alexa is looking in the shelves for books. You know, that's what you do at the library, I guess. When she overhears Cindy talking to one of her friends about BLT breaking up with Michelle. Alexa moves a little closer, and she listens in on them a little more, and they talk, they're talking about how Michelle took the breakup, you know, pretty badly, and how, based on how BLT described it, Cindy said, Michelle cried like Niagara Falls, but she said, but Cindy feels bad for her, but not too bad, because uh, now she's got BLT, and she really digs it, and upon hearing this, Alexa leaves the library to go tell Michelle about what she had just heard. She sees Michelle in the cafeteria sitting alone, just chilling, looking at her books, probably studying. I don't know if that's what you do in school, I guess. <laughs> she sits down with Michelle across from her, and she looks at Michelle with this sad look on her face. Michelle asks Alexa, what's up? And Alexa replies that she does that Michelle doesn't want to know. Michelle asks again, and Alexa replies again that Michelle doesn't want to know, to which Michelle replies, you're obviously dying to tell me. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> oh, the Alexa character's great. And Alexa tells Michelle that BLT has a new girlfriend. Michelle gets ticked off. And she wants Alexa to tell her everything. And Alexa tells her everything that she overheard. And that they've been going out together, they've been going out for four weeks. And that Michelle cried like Niagara Falls. And that her name is Cindy. And anybody who go out with, you know, that Cindy's a dumb name. And anybody who go out with Cindy isn't worth it. Michelle then gets up, she goes over to BLT who's sitting elsewhere in the cafeteria with Dumb Simon, and she starts to yell at BLT as Dumb Simon just looks on looking dumb. (laughs) BLT tries to calm her down until she brings up that she knows everything. She knows about Cindy. She freaks out that they've been going out for four weeks. She takes some milk, and she just throws it on BLT, and she takes off before he can just, you know, calm her down. (laughs) Later on, Radish is on the PA announcing his disappointment over the condom machine vandalization, the recent one. You know, Dwayne kicking it. Joey is in the boys' washroom, taking a whiz, when Dwayne walks in. So, Dwayne, uh, when are you going to pay me the money you owe me? Don't start that again. You owe me $314. Maybe more. And you are going to pay me. Or I'm going to tell Raditz you busted that condom machine. I know you did it. I've got a witness. Mind your own business, you little cockroach. No. You don't talk to me like that anymore. What do you think they'll say when they find out Mr. Probation vandalized school property? That's why you're going to pay me. If I tell, you're out of here. Hey, man, watch it. Had it with you. Hey, man, I'm warning you. Come on, get up, you cockroach. How do you like being tripped for a change?
go, get away. No, I want to settle this now. I don't want to fight anymore. What's the matter? Scared of a little blood? Joey, I'm warning you. Stay away from me. Oh, big tough guy's a wimp. A chicken. Come on. Didn't you hear what they said? You're bleeding too, man. What are you talking about? Do you want this on you? What if I had AIDS? Dwayne, if you got AIDS, man, that's fine by me. I'll be at your funeral, man. I'll be the guy laughing. You think it's a joke? You think I'd joke if I had it? I didn't do anything wrong! I was just careless, that's all! And now I'm gonna die. Get out of here. I said get out! Man, the look on Dwayne's face when he sees himself in the mirror and sees that he's bleeding. How he just goes from just anger to just like, oh crap. You know, that's powerful. Love it. Again, the wrestling fan in me back at that time love this. And I love it now, even though I don't watch wrestling as much anymore, except for the old stuff I have on DVD and stuff. Love it. Because now Joey knows about Dwayne and would he go and blab about it or would he, he feel bad at bad for him? But we saw in the, in the, in this scene that Joey felt bad for Dwayne about here when he heard about it and started slowly walking up to him as if he, as if he was going to be like, Hey man, put his hand on his shoulder and be like, Hey man, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. But Dwayne told him to get the hell out. Uh, but I always loved a good enemies become friends story. Love it. Anyway, the next day, Lucy's doing more filming, and now she's in the girls' washroom where she is interviewing Kathleen and Melanie. Kathleen says that condoms should not be in school bathrooms because it condones sex. Melanie then chimes in and says that kids won't use them anyway, and she can't see herself walking into a bathroom and buying condoms. It's embarrassing. <laughs> How did they not give this character's girl more, more parts and, oh, come on. And she also said that she doesn't want all of her friends to know she's having sex. To which Kathleen replies, you're not. <laughs> oh, God. oh man. Oh, why? I mean, they could have, they could have ditched the whole, uh, no, they actually couldn't have ditched the whole Claude thing. There's more Claude to come later. They could have ditched something to add more Melanie stuff. But then again, this season was only, what, 13 episodes? They could have added a few more episodes to give Melanie more stuff. The character was great. And the girl playing her was awesome. <sighs> anyway, elsewhere, Joey is explaining to Erica that he almost had the money for the car, and now he's broke and he owes kids money, and then Dwayne flags him down, and he pulls Joey aside. It was horrible, Erica. I, I, I almost had the money to buy the car. Now I'm broke. I owe half the school a fortune. There's no way I'm going to get it. Joey. See you, Joey. Weird. Listen, about yesterday, I said some things that I didn't mean. Come. Here. $314. I pay, and you keep quiet. Uh, take it. Look, I don't want your money, man. Why? Because I touched it? You afraid to touch it? You afraid to touch me? Take the money. And we got a deal. No one. 
got the car. I bet you feel real good, huh? No one. Joey, you got him really good. You got him made, man. Right. And again, how could they end this series after this season when things are just getting super awesome? Super awesome. How did they... I remember reading back in the day an article where one of the creators or whatever, Kit Hood, was asked why they were ending the series Degrassi after season two. And the reply was, quit while you're ahead. Come on. This see, oh, oh, big time. <sighs> anyway, before the credits, we get another PSA from the Joey and Caitlin actors and actresses. And then we get the credits. Great episode. Oh, love this season. And just, just now, just the idea that Joey and Dwayne, Hogan and Andre are going to become friends. You know, oh, love it. What a great episode. Anyway. We now go on to Degrassi High, Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Loyalties, air date November 19th, 1990. And this is another educational one based on Nairby's personal experiences. We start in the Resource Center where Snake and Michelle are working on a project together. Snake is just ogling Michelle big time as she's just looking down, reading her notes. Michelle then notices this and she thinks something's wrong and with what she's written for the presentation... And Snake tells her that it's all good. Michelle then talks about how she's really nervous and she hates doing presentations. As Snake jokes about not doing it. That they'll both just drop out of school and they'll just become bums on the street. Michelle gets a chuckle out of it and she gets back to work on the presentation. And Snake gets back to work on ogling her. And I'm thinking, watching this now, I'm thinking, don't do it, Snake. Never ask anyone out who was on the rebound or just broke up with someone speaking from personal experience. That's when we get the intro. And this time the intro didn't have the sound effects that we saw earlier. So I guess they just dumped them after the first time. I guess the first time was an experiment. And I think that's good that they dumped them because, come on, those sound effects were dumb. They shouldn't have put them in the first place. (sighs) But I do wish that they, I, I still wish even now that they continued Snake and Melanie. We've hardly seen Melanie in Degrassi High after she played a decent role in all of Junior High. And they gave no explanation for why they're not even hanging together even more. After the finale of Degrassi Junior High, they went to the the friggin' Junior High school year-ending dance together. After, like, what? Degrassi Junior High was, what, five seasons? They fawned over each other for all five seasons from the beginning until the literal final episode... And then all of a sudden, come on, man. Come on, Kit. Oh, come on. Not cool. <sighs> anyway, after the credits, Michelle and Snake are giving their presentation on acid rain. And they get an applause at the end. The class ends and Michelle is happy with Snake being her partner. She thanks him and she walks away as Wheels appears. And he sees Snake ogling Michelle. And he calls it out. Snake denies it at first, then he admits that he likes Michelle. He says that she's sweet, she's gentle, she's smart, and that when you really look at her, she's very pretty. And yes, Michelle is one of the Degrassi characters that I crushed on back in the day. But the high-maintenance characteristics of the Michelle character took some points away. Sorry, not sorry. They just did. Wheels then tells Snake to ask Michelle out. Snake says that he can't because he always messes things up when he really likes a girl. You know, meanwhile, it was Melanie accidentally messing things up in their dates in Degrassi Junior High. I mean, it was Joey and uh, Wheels showing up to ruin their movie date. And then Yick and Arthur showing up to ruin the movie date. And uh, it wasn't Snake who put the lipstick on Melanie's teeth. So, come on, Snake. <sighs> come on. Dude. Anyway, Joey appears and he offers Snake and Wheels a ride in his car. As Joey now has the car. Wheels tells Joey that Snake likes Michelle, and Snake tells Wheels, you know, why not just announce it over the PA? And then Wheels starts to announce it to the entire school on the ramp, and Wheels, or Snake, just stops him real quick before he can get it all out. (laughs) We then cut to the library. Caitlin is there with Kathleen, Melanie, and Diane, and she's telling them about how her parents' 20th anniversary is about to come, or it's, it's on its way, and she wants to plan a special dinner for them tells them that her parents have been married for 20 years which Melanie finds romantic while Kathleen can't imagine being married to someone for that long Caitlin says that she wants her parents anniversary to be romantic 
and somewhere they can that they can't argue as they argue all the time. Maya then shows up as Melanie gives Caitlin an idea on a restaurant that she can uh, have her parents go to, a restaurant called La Bistro. Maya says that she and Caitlin can check it out on the way home after school that day. Elsewhere, Michelle is looking through uh, through the window at the field where BLT is there during football practice. Alexa shows up. She tells Michelle that she's sorry about their breakup. Michelle just brushes it off and says that her, that she and BLT, that breaking up was the best thing that could have happened. And they start talking about Michelle's new girlfriend, Cindy, who Michelle mockingly calls Bambi. <laughs> uh, jealousy much? <laughs> Michelle says that uh, Bambi doesn't look too bright. But Alexa says that Cindy's okay. But Michelle, upon hearing this, she's a little confused. She asks Alexa if she's met uh, Cindy. And Alexa says that it's hard not to be around Cindy as, you know, dumb Simon and BLT are best friends. Michelle asks if uh, she and Alexa can hang out later. Alexa says that she's going to a movie with Simon. But Michelle can come too if she wants. Michelle agrees. Alexa leaves. Michelle goes back to watching BLT and Bambi. <laughs> later on, Alexa tells dumb Simon that she's letting Michelle tag along. Uh, uh, to go to the movies with them after the football game. Dumb Simon is not thrilled about that and says that Michelle's been out with them like a gazillion times since she and BLT broke up. And he says that Michelle is such a downer. This, this is probably uh, Simon's best acting bits in the entire Degrassi universe. This little bit here. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Alexa then defends Michelle, saying that she'd be a downer as well if, as if uh, if uh, Simon cheated on her, and then she says, which he would never do, right? And Simon says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> BLT and Cindy then show up, and they tell uh, Alexa and dumb Simon about uh, four tickets, second row center, to the Savages concert later that night. And, yes, so the Savages have replaced uh, uh, the gourmet scum in the Degrassi, the Degrassi universe. Now it's all about the Savages. Alexa and dumb Simon are excited about this and they agree to go with them to the concert. And then Alexa quickly real remembers that she's that she's going to have to cancel out on Michelle with the movie that they were going to go to with her. Simon tells Alexa that Michelle will understand because she loves the savages. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Alexa tells Simon that that's not the point. You know, like, what are we going to do? Sorry, we can't go out with you to the movies. We're going to go out with with uh, BLT and Bambi instead. <laughs> and Simon suggests... I know it's Cindy. Shut up. And Simon suggests that Alexa just make up an excuse. <laughs> Later, Joey is trying to start his car up while Wheels is encouraging Snake to ask Michelle out. But at first saying, so just, Wheels just says, so you're, just, you're only going to ask out girls you don't like? <laughs> Which is true, and Snake says no. He says that he he can't ask her out because he just likes her too much. Wheels then says that that Michelle seems to like Snake Snake too. Snake says that he just wants to be casual when asking her out, as he's always as Michelle is always with Alexa and Simon, but he doesn't want to talk to her when she's alone. So Joey suggests that he just drive up to drive up uh, drive up to her in his mom's car. When she's walking to school one day and casually offer her a ride and ask her out that way. Idiot Snake says that Michelle lives in the opposite direction. <laughs> Joey then suggests that Snake say that he was at his grandmother's house. And Idiot Snake replies that his grandmother lives in Montreal. <laughs> See? Somebody taking over the dumb mantle from Simon. What a moron. And Wheels asks Idiot Snake, what do we have to do? Spell it out for you? Well, apparently you do. <laughs> In crayon. <sighs> and Joey gets the car started. They pull out and they drive away, leaving a cloud of dark smoke behind. Elsewhere, Caitlin and Maya are heading to the Labistro Le restaurant that Melanie suggested. And when they enter the restaurant, Maya spots Caitlin's father in the distance, asking Caitlin, Isn't that your dad? And it is Caitlyn's dad. And he's at a table with another woman. And Caitlyn worries that he's going to spot them, so they quickly move off to the side. Maya asks Caitlyn who the woman is, and Caitlyn says that she doesn't know. Maya suggests that it, it might be his secretary. 
Caitlin says that her dad doesn't have a secretary. That's when Maya says that they look pretty friendly. As they then, Caitlin's dad and this woman, they hold hands and they slowly move in and they slam one on each other's lips. And upon seeing this, Caitlin silently freaks out and leaves. Later on, Alexa calls Michelle before heading to the Savages concert with BLT Simon and Bambi. <laughs> And she tells Michelle that she can't go to the movies with her because she has to go out to dinner at her aunt's house. But they can hang out tomorrow. Michelle agrees. They say their goodbyes. Michelle hangs up as the radio in her apartment starts to play an ad for that night's Savages concert. <laughs> I love the subtlety. At home, Caitlin is helping her mom with dinner when her father arrives. He greets Caitlin with high gorgeous. Caitlin gives him a numb high in return, a very numb high in return. Caitlin's mom says that she tried calling her husband at work, but she was told that he was out. Her husband says that he was in the resource center all day. Uh, They're both teachers. uh, Caitlin's uh, mom is a vice principal and her, her husband or her dad, the guy, is a teacher. Caitlin asks her dad, you know, if he didn't go out at all, not even for lunch, and he says no. Yep. Meanwhile, Snake is in his room, going over how he's going to ask Michelle out. Natural and spontaneous. Michelle, would you uh, care to accompany me to a movie? It's too formal. Uh... Yo, Michelle, how about a date with me and some popcorn? Michelle, you please go out with me. Bloody hell! But that's that's just the kind of thing we've that's the kind of thing we've known that the snake character to do the dumb crap. Hey yo, Michelle. <laughs> and also when he when he put his head down after like acting like he's he's given up. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but he, I noticed that I noticed you could see a bald spot forming, and. uh uh, Stefan, uh, buddy guy who plays Snake, yeah, he he did end up going bald, getting the bald spot. Just saying, not that there's something wrong with that. Anyway, the next day, Snake is in his mom's car waiting for Michelle to arrive or to leave her house, and he's 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 like he's waiting outside at Michelle's house, a few houses down, so as not to appear obvious. <laughs> and he's still practicing asking her out when she finally leaves her house. Snake drives up to her and tells Michelle that he was visiting his grandmother. And he offers her a ride, which she accepts. Michelle gets into the car and Snake starts ogling her hair. Michelle notices this and she asks if there's something in it. Snake says that it looks fine and they drive off. That's when we cut to Joey and Wheels pushing Joey's car into a parking lot at school. <laughs> and the license plate on Joey's car says P-M-N-A-M. Like P-M space N space A-M. Uh, whatever that means. And that's when Snake and Michelle arrive in Snake's mother's car. Michelle sna- thanks Snake for the ride. And she quickly exits the car before he can ask her out. <laughs> Later, Alexa and Simon have arrived for school. And they're talking about the concert last night. When Michelle approaches them. And reminds them if they're st- or asks them if they're still on for the movies later that night. Dumb Simon, uh, he he re uh, he once again becomes the champion of morons as he comments about now how he's broke now after going to the concert last night, which confuses Michelle, and then she gets angry because Alexa lied to her, <laughs> and Michelle assumes that BLT was there as well. Simon apologizes, <laughs> and he says that that they that they wanted to, that they wanted to go to the movies with Michelle. But Cindy's uncle got them these tickets, <laughs> which is angers Michelle more as she realizes that they were hanging with BLT and Bambi. <sighs> and she says that if you don't want to hang out with me, fine. Alexa tells Michelle that <laughs> that you know I have a life too. To which Michelle remarks that you know. Really, you don't do anything without dumb Simon. Alexa then tells Michelle that she's that hey, 
she's not going to go going to go to the movies with you anymore. Michelle replies that she doesn't care because she doesn't need traders, her boyfriends, or best friends. So, congratulations, Simon. You're a two-time idiot champion. <laughs> we then cut to Caitlin and Maya talking about Caitlin's dad's affair and that he lied about it to her and her mom last night. Maya tries to unintensify the situation and suggests that maybe the woman and Caitlin's dad aren't serious. Oh, we have a new contender for the idiot trophy. But Caitlin doesn't buy it as Maya tells tells Caitlin not to jump to conclusions. Uh, uh, look out, Simon. Here comes Maya. <laughs> Maya then suggests that Caitlin talk to her dad about it, but Caitlin says that she can't even look at him. They go to the library where Diane and Melanie are, and they're excited about Caitlin's parents' uh, date that night. And Melanie wonders if people still have sex after being married for 20 years, which angers Caitlin, who asks, what kind of a question is that? And she storms off. Caitlin better watch herself before she receives an idiot award. You can better show some respect to Melanie. Anyway, later, Michelle is still angry. As she goes to class, she slams her book down hard on the desk. And she's pissed off. And right... Uh, <laughs> and as if on cue, Snake arrives. <laughs> and he walks over to Michelle. <laughs> and he asks her out for that night. And Michelle, with resting angry as hell face, looks off to the side for a second and replies, Sure, why not? <laughs> Poor Snake is excited by this and he tells Michelle that he'll pick her up at 6.30, which Michelle's agreed to. She says, fine. <laughs> and she still has resting angry face. Class then begins. Snake sits down at his desk, which is right next to Michelle. And he's... He's looking at her, and it seems that he finally realizes something is wrong, <laughs> and he's so fucking screwed. <laughs> oh, people, again, do not go anywhere near rebound people. <laughs> do not ask them out. Do not do anything. Anybody who's on the rebound or just broke up with somebody, avoid them. <laughs> Give them space. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, later on, school ends. Joey, are, Joey and Wheels are happy for Snake's date. <laughs> oh my god. Snake drives home in his mom's car as Joey is going to drive Wheels home in his car. Wheels is worried about the car having problems again, which Joey assures him will not happen. Caitlin arrives home from school to find her mom is home early, preparing dinner. She tells Caitlin that dinner won't be ready for a while because Caitlin's dad called and said that he's working late again. <sighs> Caitlin is upset, but her mom apologizes for the way things have been around the house lately. And her mom blames herself for being so busy at work. <sighs> Caitlin's father come, comes home with flowers and champagne. She says that he's taken the three of them out for dinner. Caitlin suggests that the restaurant, how about Le Bistro? You know, the restaurant that she saw her dad at, the other woman. And her dad says that the place has gone downhill. Which Caitlin asks, how does he know? How do you know, Dad? Have you been there lately? Caitlin's dad denies that he's been there lately. <laughs> and he says that he was told by his friends that uh, it's gone downhill. He hasn't been there lately. <laughs> Caitlin then tells his, her parents... That they should just go out on to dinner on their own because it's their anniversary. And she's got homework to do anyway. Uh, they kiss. Uh, they congratulate each other on 20 years. Galen goes to her room. Grabs a picture of her and her parents smiling. And she starts to cry. And that's when we cut to Snake and Michelle's date. <laughs> And they're at the Regent Movie Theater in Toronto. And they're standing in line. And Michelle is... She's still got that resting, angry face. And Snake is realizing that something's wrong. <laughs> Have I done something wrong? No, why do you say that? You're sort of quiet. What? We have to talk? It's a rule? No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. 
I shouldn't be here. I... Oh, I don't mean you. I just mean... I've got a lot on my mind. Big BLT, right? Why would I be thinking about him? Well, you did go out with him for a long time. We only went out for a long time because it took me that long to realize he was a jerk. And today I realize my best friend's a jerk, too. Of course, why should I be surprised? I should know by now life's just full of pleasant little surprises. Look, it's not that bad. I... Oh, no, how do you know? Look, I'm sorry. I... I know you're upset. Look, I'm not upset, okay? I'm fine, just fine. Why can't people get it through their thick heads and I'm perfectly fine? Again, everybody, PSA. Avoid these rebound people. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. Tears. <laughs> Stay away from them, people. These people, these rebound people are not fine. Anyway, the next day, Snake is told Joey and Wheels about the date, and Joey jokes about Michelle crying in ten minutes into the date. Tells Snake that you're good. <laughs> Snake blames himself, moron, and says he's not going to date anymore. Ugh, Melanie for crying out loud. Why did they not continue that? Ugh, I mean, it could have been, you know, you know they could have been, you know, like uh, uh, Alexa and Simon started in junior high go all the way well spoiler alert they get married snake and melanie could have been even longer but now why did they have to come on kit i mean am i the only one who like back then and now wished that they continued with snake and melanie come on anyway michelle then shows up and she apologizes to snake about the date and she says that she's done some thinking and she doesn't think she's going to be ready to go out for a while. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but when she is, they can try again. Snake is happy upon hearing this. Says that he didn't mess up. Michelle says, no, you didn't mess up. You were lovely. <laughs> Snake is happy. He celebrates to himself and he does a fist bump pump with a big smile. And we get the credits. And once again, my own personal PSA for this episode... Avoid rebound, people, at all costs. The end. <laughs> anyway, that was the Grassy Buddy episode 19. Episode 20 next week, which we will uh, be discussing Degrassi High Season 2 Episodes 4, 5, and 6, entitled A Tangled Web, Body Politics, and Crossed Wires. So stay tuned for that. Tell everybody about it, Degrassi Buddy, available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, as well as at uh, CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. Go to CerealAndGrapeJuice.com for Degrassi Buddy, Movie Buddy, Recipes with Video, and soon Bayside Buddy, and who knows what else in the future. As well, follow me on Twitter on, on Twitter and Instagram at IamNerby and tell people about it. And once again, avoid, avoid, avoid these people. Why did they not continue with Snake and Melanie? Have a lovely week, everybody. <laughs>